It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors. Sean here with you as always. And on today's show, we got a loaded Raptors weekend of information and news and wins to talk about. The Raptors go 2-0 against the Jazz and Pelicans. Fred Van Vliet goes absolutely bonkers. Pascal Siakam not too far behind him. And the Raptors have now won six games straight. We're going to talk about the two games over the weekend and look ahead to the week ahead. Look ahead to the week ahead. It is very Monday, apparently. Either way, that's all coming up on today's show with our very special guest, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com, who is always here hanging out on Mondays. That all lies ahead on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Find me on Twitter as always at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Lock on Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts on all the apps Google, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever it might be. Please go support the show over there. It's absolutely free for you to do so. And it's absolutely free as well to subscribe to the show on YouTube. So please go hit that big red button. We are pushing 1,400 subs. I think we're like four away over there. So please. Go be number 1,400. It's just a wonderful thing for you to put a little feather in your cap as being number 1,400 on the long, long road. When we were at like a million, you're going to want to say, I got into the ground floor, baby. I was in at 1.4K. Anyway, uh, thanks as always for making us your first list of the day here on Lockdown Raptors. And we're going to dig into a pair of Raptors wins and a whole lot of Fred Van Vliet on today's show with our usual Monday guest, Big V Mondays, as the people know it colloquially. It is Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. How's it going, pal? It's good. It's good. You know, uh, Fred Van Vliet is just uh, torching the NBA and means <laughs> all things are good in Raptors land. And then you look at what Pascal is doing on the other side of it, and I'm sure we're going to get into all of it, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you can't be mad as a Raptors fan right now. Six straight. It is pretty fun watching the basketball team you like win basketball games, as it turns out. And uh, just a heads up, the premonition you had on Twitter yesterday, we're not quite sure if that has come true. Recording this at 10 a.m. on Monday, there's a very real chance that by the time you listen to this, Fred Van Vliet has been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week, as predicted by Big V yesterday on Twitter uh, so we'll be able to pat you on the back next time you're on the show, Big V, if and when you are correct about that. And hey, maybe a week from now we're yeah, talking really about the second straight Fred Van Vliet Player of the Week. What was that? Sorry? It really stuck my uh, neck out there on that one. Yeah, yeah. It was a really ballsy decision. Uh, I, frankly, I don't know where you're, where you're coming from with that. No, no. Fred Van Vliet <laughs> has been incredible. And that's where we're going to start on today's show. We are going to talk about some sort of weekend observations. The Jazz game, kind of light on observations other than, holy crap, Fred Van Vliet's amazing. But we'll try to find some if we can. But the Pelicans game I thought was really interesting because of the loss of Gary Trent Jr. and the way it kind of changed the shape of the team. We're going to talk about that. we got two dudes of the game to hand out at the end of the show as well. But we should begin 
with Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam as well to some extent. But let's begin with Fred because, holy God, what a weekend for him. 37-10-10, his first career triple-double, the highest scoring triple-double in Raptors history on Friday. Just went absolutely bananas in the third quarter when things are kind of looking a little listless and lethargic. The Raptors are down double digits. Fred Van Vliet decides, uh, okay, I'm going to win this game now. And he goes and scores 20 points in a matter of four minutes and 16 seconds, I think is the official count. 15 seconds. Uh, He ends up with uh, 24 points, three boards, three assists in that quarter to go along with seven deflections. As Nick Nurse will make sure you hear about in open gym moments. Vivek Jacob, I, I thought this was probably the best Raptors quarter we've seen since that Kyle Lowry fourth quarter 30-point comeback against the Mavs. And I can't really think of another close comparison, really. like Those might be the two best quarters in at least recent Raptors history from a single player. What were your overall impressions watching that unfold on Friday night as Fred just completely dismantled the skeleton crew jazz? <laughs> it was insane. Uh to watch him go on that run because you know it was so necessary too when you look at the way that game was playing out the raptors were completely flat it seemed like you know a little bit of third game in four nights a little bit of oh you know the jazz don't really have anybody you know Mm -hmm. we'll kind of show up when we want to kind of thing and then it's like you give this team confidence and now it's like whoa we're in trouble now and Mm -hmm. fred van vliet was just like we need all of these wins. And I remember how livid he was after that OKC loss at home. I mean, mm-hmm. he was literally seething in the press room. Um, I did not dare ask him a question. <laughs> and, and you could tell he just wanted to get out of there. And You know, and- Fred, that guy who's known for uh, telling off media, he's definitely got that reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, just a little bit on, on that night, you know, I remember, like, he, as well-spoken as he is, you know, when people mm-hmm. were asking him questions, like, I don't remember him ever saying, I don't have an answer for you right. as much as he did that night. Like, he just sure. did not want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. you could tell in, in that moment when he in, inspired everyone around him uh, in a Raptors uniform that he was just like, I am not having that feeling again. Yeah. And he kind of talked about it after the game as well, saying, you know, I, I didn't want you know, 24 to 48 hours of that loss sitting on my mind going into Sunday. Sure. And he played like it and it was nuts. And, you know, they're going full core press defensively. And this is the thing with Fred, right? Like he's having all these unconscious offensive moments and it's coming with him playing uh, ridiculously hard on the defensive yeah. end. And you can see, uh, you know, he was kind of hunched over a couple of times, but he was still going at it, slapping the ball away. It didn't matter where, how. And then he's pushing the ball with pace. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was like, you know, that's six seconds or less. (laughs) You know, he was getting it up there and cut that deficit in no time. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like the, the one like verticality play he had in that stretch, like, I don't know if I've ever seen him jump higher than that. I don't know if he's ever jumped higher than that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he might have been able to dunk with that level of verticality had there been a net right there. Like, <laughs> that's how just, like, 
much of an out of body experience it seemed to be it was unbelievable man like I, i'd gone back and watched like the mashup of all the clips i think nikaias duncan our pal did a wonderful mashup of all of the best bits of that third quarter for fred it could have just been a 12 minute mashup i suppose but really the last four minutes are where it kind of really took off he was incredible it just uh, he's i mean the all-star thing is not even a conversation anymore like he's an all-star full stop stop debating it like oh, i know darius garland and the mellow ball are nice they're not doing what fred van vliet's doing right now on a two-way basis they don't have the same counting stats and they don't have the same overall impact metrics it's not a conversation fred van vliet's an all-star and if he's not something horrible has gone gone wrong and the coaches are morons frankly i think there's a case that like if you were doing it on merit he could be i don't know how about this let me throw this parlor game question at you on merit should fred van vliet actually be a starter in the all-star game vivek like i guess james harden trey young are probably the two guys who are going to be ahead of him in terms of uh, the voting, for sure. Obviously, a bunch of other guys in there, most of them undeserving in that top 10 for voting. But if you're just going on quality of season so far, is Fred Van Vliet, for you, the second guard in the All-Star game for the East? Pro- he probably is. Uh, and you, you look at James Harden, who's been up and down. Uh, you look at Trey Young. He's been really good, but the team... Uh, hasn't been anywhere near expectations Mm -hmm. and you look at obviously they're listing DeMar DeRozan as a guard so that would have been cool Fred Van Vliet and DeMar DeRozan in the backcourt uh based on delightful yeah based on merit would have been (laughs) a a lot of fun to see uh but you know I I get it Uh, fan voting is what fan voting is I'm very glad that DeMar DeRozan is the one leading uh all guards right now uh so at least that part of it is correct uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, he should just flat out be there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think coaches, you know, for them, winning does matter. I, I do think they look at the records, and so this six-game win streak is really important in pushing that um, mm-hmm. and getting up to. I mean, they're all they're almost caught up to Cleveland now, and mm-hmm. uh, again, talking about winning, talking about records with Cleveland being. You know, four games over 500, it's very difficult to validate two all-stars for them. Mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. that that's where the game is. Uh, but if you're, you're picking one all-star for them, it has to be Jared Allen for me. Yes. Uh, yes. And then uh, and then you move on from there. So, uh, yeah, Fred Van Vliet at this point absolutely is an all-star. Yeah, it's uh, like, again, like I said, it's not even a conversation right now. I, I also feel like the coaches will see a lot of themselves in Fred Van Vliet in a way they don't see themselves in a lot of other coaches uh, or, or a lot of other players. So The same way they used to with Kyle. There you go. Perfect. It's the, the Raptors way of having uh, dad-ass point guards as their uh, sort of driving forces over the course of a full decade or so. Um, we, we still got to talk about the game against the Pelicans for Fred Van Vliet as well as Pascal Siakam. So we'll bump that to the second segment. We'll try to get in some conversation about Gary Trent Jr. as well. That's all coming up in just a second here. But... First, want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They are incredible. We love them. They are delicious, and they are something you can eat and feel indulgent without really feeling like you've gone and eaten some more crap, like you've eaten crap for, for basically the entirety of December. Now it's January. You're trying to turn things around. You're trying to get back on track. 
much like I am. And Built Bars are a great way to help you do that. They can wean you off that candy and chocolate you've kind of become addicted to over the last couple of weeks. And they are still going to give you some good stuff as well. In addition to that indulgent feeling, you get 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein in the average Built Bar. You can compare that with a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's just not even a conversation anymore. Please go and check out Built Bar. It's fantastic. Like I said, it's it's just the best tasting protein bar money can buy. And I'm not a person who likes to have Built Bar protein bars all that often. I don't like the flavor. I don't like the grittiness. Built Bar doesn't have any of that. So please go check them out. I can't recommend them enough. And so Built.com is the place to go. You go to Built.com. You put in the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off at Built.com. And you can order all sorts of different flavors, limited time options that appear on the site as well. Valentine's Day is coming up. There will surely be some Valentine's Day editions available over at Built.com. So go there right now. Promo code LOCKED15. Do it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue on here. Vivek, Jacob, with your first listen of the day, and we are going to continue on sort of the Fred Van Vliet love fest, I suppose, and weave Pascal Siakam into the conversation as well. Raptors against Pelicans on Sunday, the first sort of whole team they've played in a while. Obviously, no Zion Williamson, but this is the how the Pelicans have been constructed as is basically all season long with a couple absences. Josh Hart wasn't there. He's been quite good, but for the most part, you know, you got Brandon Ingram, you got Jonas Valanciunas, you got Devontae Graham, this was more or less the Pelicans as their intended minus Zion, and it was a bit of a slog. Look, <laughs> the Raptors, I thought their defense in this one was a lot of fun. They kind of found that long sort of deflection heavy, you know, get your arms into every single pie that you can as the as guys sort of pour into the paint. That was sort of on point in this game. They only gave up 101 points to a pretty good offensive team. But it was their offense that was kind of a struggle, right? Like, without Gary Trent Jr., things got pretty bogged down. And, and, you know, we can get into Gary Trent Jr. in a sec. But Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, the two guys who emerged from the muck and had themselves excellent games and win this for the Raptors, they combined for 61 of the uh, 105 total points for the team, 29 for Pascal Siakam, 32 for Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Siakam goes for 29, 10, and 7 with two steals on 8 of 8 of 18 with 3 of 5 threes made, 10 of 10 from the line. Very efficient night for him. And then uh, Van Vliet struggled a little bit in this one to kind of start out, but finishes off strong, of course. 32, 4, and 4, two steals. 8 of 17 from 3. He's up to 41% on 9.43s a game this season. This game, obviously, the sort of standout moments come late as Fred Van Vliet sort of answers the, oh, what should the Raptors late game offense look like? The question, it's just, oh, give it to Fred Van Vliet 35 feet away from the basket and things will be fine, apparently. Um, He was incredible. Siakam was incredible. Where you want to dive into the performance from these two guys against the Pelicans on Sunday, Vivek, I will give you the floor. Well, I I think Pascal as a screener is a good place to start. Uh-huh. I, think, <laughs> I think there's a lot of good things that stem out of that um i think samson folk touched on a pretty interesting point about 
uh, Siakam at times almost being in the Ibaka role uh, with popping the threes or, you know, just darting towards the rim or uh, being able to take the mid-range uh, as well. So uh, I think that's been an interesting wrinkle. Um, and yeah, the way Siakam has shot the three ball this week, obviously that's something you hope that can carry over. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's face it, the spacing uh, when you've got Scotty and OG and Pascal uh, out there on the floor, uh, you need all the three-point shooting you can get, especially as you noted in the absence of Gary Trent Jr. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a healthy sign. And then, you know, Fred and Pascal watching that game, I got, I got you know, opening night vibes, uh, you know, the 2019-20 season. Mm-hmm. when they went up against the Pelicans and Fred had a ridiculous night and Pascal had a ridiculous night and that felt like the ushering in of a new era. And now here we are with all the madness that's gone on in the world the last couple of years. Maybe again now this is the start of that. Yeah, I mean, the partnership between those two guys right now is incredible and it's unlocking each other, right? It's kind of like a positive feedback loop because you have... Fred Van Vliet able to hang out off the ball a little bit more often, do the off-ball jitterbug thing that he's been so, so good at over his entire career. You're seeing his three-point attempts go way up. I think he's up to 12.2 since December 1st, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, per too much hoops. Our pal Brad Vermont uh, pointed that out to me when I sort of tweeted about where Fred's at with his three-point shooting this season. And that's not a surprise because there's just that many more open looks. I mean, you go back. I I watched the condensed game back again this morning just to kind of get a refresher. And so many of Fred's looks are just wide open. Oh, Pascal drives, drops, draws two guys, boom, hits Fred, easy three. Like, it's that simple. It's, that doesn't have to be a complex game, really. Basketball can be quite simple. And when you have two guys playing like this, it becomes a lot easier for it to be simple. And then on the Pascal side of things, there's just that much more space for him when he drives because a guy like Fred is spacing for him, because you have other shooters out there sort of dotting the perimeter too. It's just a much healthier environment for him to sort of make those forays into the paint and then read what the defense is giving him and either kick out, find a cutting big or, or a sort of one of the three bigs who at times was hanging out in the paint last night uh, or kick out for a three. Like it's just been that easy for Siakam lately and Fred has really helped in sort of unlocking that because of his shooting as well. So it's just a wonderful feedback loop that keeps getting better. And I guess the question, Vivek, is like, you know, we've seen them climb the standings. They're 20 and 17. Obviously, some questions are to be had about the quality of competition during the six-game winning streak, of course. And we want to see what it's going to look like against a real team. And boy, is there a test coming into town on Tuesday night in the form of the Phoenix Suns, which will be super exciting and fun. But as far as like the ceiling for a team that is being led by Van Vliet and Siakam playing at this level, like what kind of heights do you think this team can be brought to by those two guys? Is this a situation where you know, they're right on par with like the four or five seed teams in the Eastern Conference and the Heat and the Sixers. Do you think there's still a bit of a, a tier below that? Maybe it's sort of sandwiched in between the Cavs and those teams. Are the Cavs still better? Like where is a version of the Raptors where Siakam and Fred are playing this well going to land, do you think? And is it sustainable the way they've been playing? Uh, okay, so let's start with the level of this team. I don't think they are at you know, a Miami level. Um, mm-hmm. I think in a playoff series, it would be very interesting to watch them go up against either of the Sixers or the Cavs. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that that would be unlikely uh, 
with, with the way the seating looks right now. But mm-hmm. um, everyone should you know, be rooting would... for a four-five Cavs Raptors series. By the way, that should that's the dream for the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- that would be really nice to see. But uh, yeah, I, I think especially the Raptors going up against uh, the Cavs. Uh, relative inexperience outside of Kevin Love. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess you can throw Rajon Rondo into that mix now as well. Um, <laughs> I, I think they would like their chances in in that series. But yeah, I think I would still cool the Jets a little bit uh, on, on this team right mm-hmm. now. Like obviously you look at the Jazz team, they were depleted. You look at the Bucks, uh, no, no Giannis in there. Um, so I think they're still more that I want to see in terms of the ceiling. Uh, I think they need a center. Uh, I think they need a spacing big. Uh, so I, I feel like it's capped without that, mm-hmm. but I, I do like what Fred and Pascal are showing right now. Pascal, I definitely think this is sustainable. Fred, it is so ridiculous that he has, upped his shooting in virtually every category um mm-hmm. I, w- I went on cleaning the glass today by the way uh just to see on those long twos for fred yeah. shots that are outside of 14 feet and inside the three-point line he is shooting 56 percent, which <laughs> among point guards is in the 100th percentile <laughs> it's crazy so, it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> So when so if I have to think, hey, is that sustainable? I feel like, you know, that's that's a tough one. So um, is the shooting going to continue? I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, And if it does, uh, then yeah, sure. Because absolutely, the defense is sustainable. That he's proven over the course of his career that I'm going to expect no matter what. The shooting, uh, if this is a hot streak right now, uh, I mean, we'll see. But uh yeah i i would say pascal seems a bit more sustainable than fred right now yeah it's interesting because like, i think pascal's is entirely sustainable it's not like he's putting up any sort of like uncommonly high true shooting percentage during this run or anything like that he's kind of been around where he always is 55 56 57 true shooting during a lot of these games which you know kind of just speaks to me that he is the player he's kind of always been as a scorer in addition to just being a better playmaker and i think that is sort of an improvement that has been sort of brought along by a lot of hard work and dedication to becoming a better playmaker. That stuff feels very sustainable to me. Whereas yeah, with Fred, it's interesting because I feel like his shot diet has gotten a lot easier lately. So in theory, you know, his, you know, uptick in shooting makes a lot of sense. I think he's at like 44% on those 12.23s a game since the start of December. Like it's ridiculous. But yeah, the other areas of the floor, I guess, is where you're kind of waiting to see like, oh, is this tangible improvement or is this some first half of the season unseasonably warm stretch? You know, to further your point, he's shooting 66.7% inside three feet per basketball reference, which is insane considering he's lying about being six feet tall. Uh, And his career high from that mark came back in his second season at 56.7. So yeah, is he going to be hitting two out of every three shots at the rim at his height for the rest of the year? Probably not, but like he's done it so far and the craft and the sort of ease with which he's finishing in these situations seems a lot, you know, sort of advanced and refined than it has been in the past. So maybe it can hang around at like a 60% level or something like that. 
it's been just a, a treat to watch. And I, I agree with you. I think like with them playing at this level, yeah, I think a six seed is probably sort of the, the peak of where they can climb. Maybe a five, depending on how Philly does and all that stuff. Maybe some team gets hit by injury or COVID or something like that. But uh, like, there's no reason this team can't be the sixth seed. And I think, you know, uh, the, I would put them pretty comfortably in a tier above like the Hornets and the Wizards and the Celtics right now. I think you've, you might have talked about the Raptors in that conversation of teams before. And I think they're now pretty firmly in the Cavs tier. And you might throw the Hornets into that tier as well. But I don't think they're sort of mucking around in the business of the Celtics or the Wizards or the Pacers or the Hawks or anything like that right now. Like they're pretty clearly a better team than that, than those teams are at this current moment. And it's because of how well Siakam and Fred have played, both playing at an all-star level for sure. You know, I don't think Siakam's necessarily going to make it unless he continues this run for another few weeks. But Fred, I think, like we've said, is a, is a surefire in. And when you have two guys playing at that level, it stands to reason that you'll be a pretty comfortably above 500 team that's able to knock off a lot of opponents as they come through. So very excited for that game on Tuesday in particular to see how it all comes through uh we're going to move on and get to the dudes of the game for the two games over the weekend in just one second here to close out the show but first want to tell you about our friends over at bet online who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue to march towards the playoffs and beyond the nfl playoff field is set the college football playoff final is tonight is that what it's called college football national championship I don't know about football, but if you do know about football, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your football wagering and other sports wagering for 2022. The new year, and there's a new updated desktop mobile website as well to sign up at today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Sports bet online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are going to round out today's show with Vivek Jacob. I was going to kind of hit on some Gary Trent Jr. thoughts from him not being available for the Pelicans game. That, however, I think will lend nicely to tomorrow's podcast, which is going to be a bit of a trade look ahead. We're now a month away from the trade deadline. I'm going to take some of your suggestions on uh, players who you'd like to see me discuss. I'll put a little prompt out for that later on today, and we'll dig into those for tomorrow's podcast. And I think the Gary Trent Jr. stuff kind of has an interesting tie to that conversation, which that's a tease for tomorrow. We'll get to that then. But now we have the dude of the game to hand out for the last two games here, Big V. Friday, typically I try to go with the dude of the game. If you're not familiar with the segment, it's the guy who did some dude-level stuff throughout a game. Maybe not the star of the game, but did some sort of under-the-radar stuff to help the Raptors win or compete in a, in a given game uh, who we didn't really get to talk about in the first couple segments. And uh, I'm breaking the rules a little bit on this one because I'm going Fred Van Vliet for Friday because how can you not? He was the dude that did everything in that game. I misspelled the graphic. I'll fix that. But either way, he was unbelievable. And the seven deflections in the third quarter 
or what got a forum. We joke about it, and Nick Nurse jokes about it, but it's true. He was also incredible defensively in that game as much as he was the offensive engine for the team. Is this a worthy due-to-the-game win here for Fred? His first since December the 13th because he's been too busy being superstar Freddy to be dude Freddy. And on Friday, he just said, screw it, I'll do both. He, I mean, whatever awards you can come up with for this game, he gets all of them. Yep. Due to the game, superstar of the game, all-star <laughs> of the game, whatever whatever names you want to come up with, whatever acronyms you can fit in there, uh, he gets all of it. Um, I went propaganda mode when I was sort of reliving it for Raptors.com mm -hmm. uh, and comparing him to Michael Jordan. I mean, Jack Armstrong started it. I figured I'd finish it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just a, an incredible stretch to watch. I mean... Uh, According to Raptors PR, you know, Mo Pete scored 17 straight in 2001 and Vince scored 18 straight in 2000. I haven't seen either of those. Uh, but to me, as far as a scoring stretch is is concerned, I know you obviously brought up Kyle's uh, stretch inspiring that comeback uh, against the Dallas Mavs, that 30-point comeback. Uh, but mm -hmm. he was doing a little bit of everything. As far as scoring mm -hmm. stretches are concerned uh, and you throw in the defense he was playing, that was remarkable. And especially in that short a time span, it was like, what, four and a half minutes? It was like, boom, mm -hmm. the Raptors have gone from a double digit deficit to carrying all the momentum into the fourth. That was, it was spectacular. So, yes, absolutely due to the game. <laughs> yeah. As far as another game that kind of stands out to me, another stretch from a single player, like the only other thing, and like we're talking like heavy hitters, like the the peak of the peak of individual Raptors dominance. It's, it's I'm thinking game five of the finals when Kawhi has that stretch where oh. he feels like he's going to win the finals for them. Obviously come short after that weird timeout and Clay and Steph do their thing. But like that stretch from Kawhi also kind of similar, although that was like eight points and not 20. So, uh, <laughs> so. yeah, I feel like the playoffs is just a separate category. Entirely. Yeah, you're probably um, right on that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I would say strictly if we're looking at regular season, that's probably the best I've seen in a Raptors uniform. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, playoffs, I think that that's a really good one to bring up. Kawhi, like, the feeling in that building when he went on that personal 10-0 scoring run was just insane. Yeah, um, just bananas. Sucks. Yeah, sucks it ended the way it did, but that was a, <laughs> an amazing uh, couple minutes. As it turns out, you know, the, the, the didn't derail the Raptors championship. And uh, there was an anniversary yesterday uh, with Clay Thompson mm. coming back. Everyone reminded of when the Raptors won the championship, of course. Shout out to Alex Wong. Uh, let's uh, finish off and, and round out the show with the due to the game for the Pelicans game. I'm going with Chris Boucher in this one, Vivek. Chris Boucher closes this game for the Raptors, finishes with six points, eight boards, an assist, two steals and a block, two of five shooting. Uh, the hustle lately for Chris Boucher has been off the charts. It's been the stuff of legends. It's been the stuff of memes. It's been outstanding. Uh, and he got to close last night. What was your thought uh, on the sort of decision by Nick Nurse to not close with Scotty Barnes and instead opt for Chris Boucher? Yeah, Scotty Barnes uh, wasn't playing well. And nope. so I thought <laughs> Chris Boucher was legitimately the better option to close with. And you know, I like that Nick Nurse did that because I think for me, uh, and Fred Van Vliet has talked about this too, it's about consistently pushing Scotty Barnes to be great and mm -hmm. holding him accountable to that standard and sort of not treating him uh, 
like a rookie in that sense. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I like that they did that uh, from that sense. And then Chris Boucher, for his part, totally earned it. The way he's been playing uh, over the past month or so, um, I think he's really given this team a lift. I think there's almost an expectation that you have now in terms of what he's going to provide off the bench. I mm-hmm. like that uh, he's realized he can impact the game uh, outside of, uh, you know, just knocking down a couple three balls and, He's gone back to being uh, a rolling threat. He's gone back to being someone who can get on the offensive glass and get by you some extra possessions. And yeah, man, uh, all, all the chaos theory, the better for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was very deserving, and I agree with you. I think the the call by Nurse was a really good one to not just throw Barnes out there because that's the way they've done it all season long. Um, you know, Barnes was very erratic last night, and there were moments of, oh, hey, he created a shot for himself and put it in, and there were moments of, oh, God, he's doing a little bit too much here. And, you know, that's a tricky balance that he's trying to find right now. He's playing in a new role within a team that's kind of knocked him down the offensive hierarchy and I'm sure some Raptors fans will be disappointed with that we were talking like two weeks ago about hey should Scotty Barnes just get the keys to the team obviously with the way Siakam and Fred and OG are playing that's less of a less of a necessity now but like you know it's been a difficult adjustment I think he'll get there I'm sure we can talk about this at a later date I'm sure on the podcast this maybe feels like an off day podcast for this week but He's, you know, I have no problem with kind of doing some lesson learning while also giving a shout to a guy in Boucher who has kind of earned it, right? And I, look, I'm surprised as anybody that Boucher has kind of had this ascendance. He's been fantastic and, you know, he's kind of doing everything you need from a role player, right? And he, I think, sometimes has this this tendency to come in and not really assume role player form in the way that you'd like and kind of take thing, takes things upon himself too much and all of that. Not been the case lately. He's been playing a perfect role on this Raptors team in those chaos-inducing big units in the second unit and all that. He's been a lot of fun and I think was totally deserving last night of closing. He got that big putback late uh, with Jonas Valanciunas on the floor. Not easy to do. Uh, you know, it was really, really great and, and uh, happy to see Chris Boucher kind of coming into form. And he will come up on tomorrow's trade focus podcast as well, because I'm not so sure anymore that he's someone the Raptors are going to want to flip. Maybe they will, but he's playing really, really well right now. And it's hard to say, oh, we got to move on from this guy right? because he's been pretty valuable and important to what they're doing in the second unit. Um, before we close off, Vivek, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on Jonas Valanciunas. Played last night. The Raptors double teamed the hell out of him as I expected they would with him not maybe having like the greatest reputation as a passer and the Pelicans not having a ton of shooting. Ended up being a pretty decent strategy, I think. JV only gets 12 shots up in this one, but it was just really nice to see an old pal back. I miss that guy so much. <laughs> yeah, JV is amazing. Um, a quick little personal story, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, the nuts. first, the first time I was credentialed to cover the Raptors, uh, as you might imagine, I was quite nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go into the Raptors locker room uh, pre-game, and this was a time when we could actually go into the locker room. Uh, oh, and... what a simple time that was! <laughs> And you're just sort of waiting around and seeing what players are available. I mean, at the time, I was just trying to see what all the other reporters were doing and what we're supposed to do in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I'm standing around, just sort of looking around, someone taps me on my left shoulder uh, and then goes the other way. And I, I looked the other way right away. And then it's Jonas Valanciunas looking at me and saying, 
you were supposed to look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those little things. Obviously, he had no idea who I was. He had no idea sure. that this was the first time that I was, you know, credentialed to be at an NBA game. Uh, yeah, the legend of just... Big V had yet to grow. D- today wouldn't be a, a conversation. Pals. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and it was something that just like made me feel that much more comfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so uh, that was a nice moment to have with him. Obviously, I got to know him a little bit over the years. And then I did uh, a nice profile of him for The Athletic. Uh, and yeah, he's been so good for the franchise, for the city. Uh, and again, one of those players that we've watched grow, right? He came to the city as a 19 year old and, uh, we've seen him grow to this point and it's just amazing to see, uh, all that he's accomplished now. Mm-hmm. Keeps on bumming me out that these guys keep returning and we don't get to see the actual yeah. sort of full response. So uh, let me ask you this. The Raptors make the playoffs. The, I guess the Clippers will be in it, so maybe this doesn't work. And the Pelicans might be in the plan, so maybe this doesn't work. But like, should they have a day where they bring back all the old faves at the same time and just have like a nostalgia like overload for I mean, like Kyle gets his own day still, obviously. And I really hope people are able to attend Kyle's day in a month or less than a month's time. We'll fret about that later. But uh, should they just bring back Jonas and Gasol and Ibaka and... Everyone else, Jody Meeks, all of the old pals, bring him back for a reunion uh, on like a sp- specific day where we know there's going to be fans in the building and just kind of go balls to the wall with uh, nostalgia and montages and remembering some guys. A vibes day would be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that would be tremendous. By the way, uh, I don't know if you saw, they brought Jody Meeks back. The Raptors 905 have signed him. Uh, I didn't see that. Was that today? <laughs> yes, it just happened. Oh my god! <laughs> NBA champion Jody Meeks. We got to scrap the whole podcast and start from the top <laughs> with the big news. <laughs> <laughs> so Jody Meeks is back in the fold. So you're one step closer to realizing that dream. Um, and you, we've got Bismack Biombo in the building on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, th- I think. The Vibes Day is definitely a good idea. It's something I'd definitely love to see. And yeah, hopefully, you know, at some point, these players are able to come back and get a full ovation from 20,000 people. uh, And they can feel all the love that this city has for them because there is definitely a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we've kind of missed out on the really sort of fun part of having a championship team and sort of the aftermath is sort of getting to revisit with the guys who are no longer around. Like it's been a bummer, but we put it all in one day. I think uh, I can make up for lost time for sure. Again, I don't know how the scheduling works here, but I'm just assuming these guys will take time out of their regular days to travel to Toronto to be applauded. I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Uh, (laughs) Either way, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big V, thanks so much for being here, pal. It's always a fun time to chat with you, especially when the Raptors are winning basketball games. Where can people check out your work? Do you have anything in particular you'd like to plug right now? Uh, usual stuff, raptors.com, uh, CBC Sports, and Complex Canada. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Uh, before we close, I want to ask you very quickly for your yeah. favorite Jonas Valanciunas moment. Ooh. Okay. I mean, I think it sucks because this game gets lost to history because they lost it. But game one against the Heat in 2016 
where you get the Kyle half-court shot. But in addition, you get Jonas absolutely punking the heat for the entirety of like that fourth quarter and overtime, if I recall. like He was unbelievable. And like watching him kind of ascend in the first few games of that series before getting hurt always is going to stand out to me as an all-timer. Um, I guess there's like the fake handoff dunk against the Bucks as well that should have been the and one. Um, yeah, that that's up there too. Um, and I feel like there was a game in that Nets series back in 2014 where he really went off. I can't remember it exactly, but I remember watching him and thinking, "Oh my god, this guy's a beast." So th- those are probably the ones that come to mind. But like, there's a lot of just like off court stuff too, right? Just like locker room gags and what was it, the 52 on the thing when Demar had 52. Uh, that's a really good one. I might have to sort of drill down on a specific one, but did you have one? Yeah, I think the fake handoff uh, mm-hmm. and drive for the dunk is probably the one for me. Um, or poor John and- Henson. <laughs> <laughs> should have been an and one. I should have been, been an and right one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will talk for that until the uh, talk about that until the end of time. Much um, like the Bismack Biombo block on LeBron was a clean block. Those are the two missed calls. I will like bring to my grave. and since we you know talked about vibes day i thought uh, i will shout out you know jv being there for game one against the orlando magic for the beginning of that championship run uh that was that was pretty cool uh even though it ended in typical fashion in a game one loss give him a goddamn ring i'm sick like just give him a ring what are we doing danny green doesn't even have his ring yet you can change the rules give jv a ring he deserves it it's not even I, I don't know why it's been a debate or why the Raptors have dragged their feet on it. He should have a ring. He was on that team and was very good for that team before he got dealt. And they don't get Marcus all without that first part of the season for JV. End of soapbox. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, any any last thing? Did you plug your stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All done. Okay, All perfect. Done. Excellent. All right. We'll wrap it up there. You can find me at Woodley Shot. You can subscribe to your rate review on the, all your favorite podcast platforms for free. You can subscribe on YouTube for free as well. It's very much appreciated and I uh, love you for it. It's, a, it's a, the best thing you can do to help support the show is to go subscribe on YouTube. Even if you're not going to watch every day, just do it so you can uh, you know help boost the numbers. It's always appreciated. And we'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk about trade candidates as the Raptors look ahead at a month away from the trade deadline and maybe you're kind of in a position to add some stuff. They look really good. So we will get to that tomorrow, run through some of your selections of guys you'd like me to talk about. I'm sure I'll spend a segment talking about Terrence Ross as well because it's happening. The return is nigh. Talk about Vibes Day. Uh, We'll get into that tomorrow. Lots of other stuff coming up this week. Raptors played the Suns on Tuesday. That'll be a blast. And we will uh, have you covered all throughout it on, on Locked On Raptors. So thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of the show. And now in the meantime, go make your second list of the day. Locked On Bets is they are helping you clear through all the clutter of COVID and injury and helping you win some money in your betting either way because they're very, very good at what they do. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.